0: There's no spot on TV,
1: so you're really down on your luck. But Martin, Peter, and Mike will talk about what they like and not really give a further thought to what the listeners think. Hello and welcome to the Caution Period podcast. I'm Mike and I'm joined by Martin and Peter. Hey. Hello. Uh, and this week, uh, for basically no reason whatsoever we're off to Silverstone for the 1987 British Grand Prix a bit later on but there's been some other stuff as well there's been some news and also Pete and I watched a documentary as well called Endurance. uh, I I feel so much more intelligent as a result. Yeah Um, yeah Endurance by Porsche which um, we were expecting might be a sort of bit of a uh, polished PR uh, exercise to sell more Porsches and make them look great it's sort of the opposite but we'll get on to that a bit later on um any motorsport news caught your eyes uh recently guys well I'm, I'm so, so to prepared I was
0: just scrolling through a website
1: good work well I can kick off in the um spa has been cancelled right end of August is that yeah yeah. Um, so they, the Belgian government has said there'll be no public events um, until August 31st at the earliest. Uh, and Spa was supposed to be, was it the week before? Is that right, Martin? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was last week.
2: So, yeah, it was. Uh, we'd also been off to Spa next
1: weekend as well. Yeah. Martin and I had tickets to go and see the Spa WEC round. Um, I was going to cheer on my glorious Janettas. Um and How's their day. refund policy on both grounds? <laughs> 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 Janetta's refund policy.
0: Janetta's
2: refund policy <laughs> sorry, we're just great. not yet. Uh
1: I've not actually investigated. the. Re- I paid for the tickets for both of our tickets. I haven't actually investigated the refund thing, but it was Ticketmaster.be, which is the Belgian version of Ticketmaster. I'm pretty sure this week Ticketmaster announced that they were no longer refunding uh, rescheduled events, only cancelled ones. So I don't know if it's hmm. rescheduled. I, we might end up still with tickets. We might just have to go anyway. Um, but they were not—they um, were not expensive tickets because I bought them during uh, the Sparwex romantic Valentine's Day sale. <laughs> and Martin was going to be my romantic date to uh, yeah. the Ardennes, um, but it never happened. Never happened. Well, I feel like a third wheel at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> another night sleeping on the. Um ground stand on the pit of straight.
1: Yeah, it's the quickest way to get Martin's trousers off is just to take him to a motorsport race. Well, get me so. the bottom of a rouge. Yeah, they're straight down my ankles. Um, <laughs> is but that I mean, actually
0: a euphemism?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, but Martin, Martin's done whack at, at Spa before and I've never done it and it sounds amazing. Well, Martin was you know, there when that car flipped <clears throat> at uh, Radion or whatever it is. Radion. Yes. No, it was not wasn't a
2: rouge. It was, was Radion, actually. Yeah. Um,
1: I was That was actually
2: probably the most terrifying crash I've seen. So I was right at the top of the, um, right at the top of, I was going to say Eau I can say it. I'm going to say Eau I don't care. Mm. Uh, right at the top of Eau And then I was, every time, it was the Dolar, wasn't it, I think? The Russian S&P Delara.
1: Yeah, it was the S P and p one. Um,
2: and every time it went up, I just remember just seeing them go up the, going up Eau Rouge and it was so loose. Like, Ooh. it was going all over the place. And I said to my dad, let's go to the top because, like, I think something's going to happen here because this is just crazy. <laughs> and then we went there and it just... We didn't even see. It, it was like the. Um, there's not really been any real footage of it, but it was like. No, i no, we've got push. a good angle of it. Yeah, because it's just, just the car was basically. It was like its floor was facing, um, facing the sky basically when it went past us. Mm. It was one of those really weird, like silent accidents because when the car goes past in the air, yeah, you don't hear anything, and it's just mm. this swoosh and then bang. But yeah, it's incredible. What they incredible they survived that. But yeah, that was nuts. But um, the Spa wet race is always really good. Uh, yeah. It's on a Saturday, which helps. Mm, yeah uh, so you can get
1: back to of, back to London or wherever um on on the Sunday which is pretty useful. Yeah spend um,
2: Friday night drinking some Belgian beers somewhere um
1: yep. somewhere near Spa.
2: Spa and then there's a few nice restaurants in Spa as well and then also it's just a good to have 6 hours to walk around and see wet cars go around there and they they look so impressive up there the LMP1 uh, cars look planted up going up um the mm. uh, LMP2 cars look scary going up there the GT cars are just phenomenal moving like around and that and round the back bit. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I'm really so, sad that so, we're not going to be there next weekend. Yeah, sorry, I now just realised we're did, not going there next weekend. So.
0: But lo- last last week we did talk a lot about um, the German sausages around the Nürburgring. I'm assuming mm. that... Because I have actually been to, to uh, Spa when I was very, very young, but I do remember their waffles
1: with yeah, chocolate well, on them. Waffles are amazing. They love a waffle. Yeah. They uh, love Bikiburger. chips as well. They sort of... The thing about the Belgians is I don't know if... Belgium invented chips, but even if they didn't, they definitely behave like they invented chips.
2: Have so, you been the chip why are, wait, why are
1: the Belgians? There's chips a chip. There's
2: a there's a chip museum in
1: yeah. It's in Bruges, yeah. It's, it's in Phenomenal. Bruges, yeah. It's a museum dedicated to chips, fries. Sorry for the Americans. At this
0: point, <laughs> if my dad's listening, he's just, he's just breaking all coronavirus lockdown rules <clears throat> to march over to. And Belgium. He's swimming his way over to Belgium. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah. Do they so... do? Wait, wait. Do they do gravy on these chips at the? At Spa? Mayo, Mayonnaise. yeah. Mayo. Now oh, yeah. he's, he's stopped. Now he's coming back. <laughs> Backstroking really quickly on the yeah. way back. Now that was a short-lived uh, lockdown breach.
1: Anyway, so that obviously puts the kibosh on the um, the Belgian Grand Prix, but also on the Spa twenty-four, uh, which hadn't been officially postponed as of last week. Um, but I guess we'll need to be now. It was still on for July 23rd when I checked last week. And um, now, yeah, I don't know what they'll do. I don't know whether they'll... I love the But at the moment,
2: like F1's about the revised calendar. And I think it's like, I don't know if it's from optimism or just ignorance. But like I think they, they think they're still going to get quite a lot of races in. It's like, are you just going to run 20 races in the last two weeks of the yeah. year or something? Every it's single, single day it's work. a Grand Prix. Yeah.
1: Can you imagine? Take two weeks off work. Um I think it's I think it's a bigger problem for 24 hour races like you know how how you know even if we do get some racing in, how do you run 24 hour events with like multiple uh, drivers doing sort of uh, duties across those events for different brands and you know like multiple crew members and team members and stuff it's just not sort of feasible really even commentators I mean there's only so many commentators in the pool uh, for for covering 24 hour races like you know I'll do it I don't mind. Yeah, I'll do it We're as do well, it. actually. Yeah. Like, this. Our I'll step up. If I, if they, a don't want, they don't
2: want context, me commentating. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's but, weird, because like Le Mans... I think there's a chance Le Mans in September could happen, a very slim chance. Um, and it's obviously not the first time it's happened in September, because it was in 68, wasn't it, I think, because of the riots, they so moved it to September. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's just like... It just changes, because that race would be run in the dark quite a lot as well, just the yeah, hour yeah. has changed like, quite drastically.
1: Yeah, rather than one of the shortest uh, evenings of the year, it'd be one of the longest evenings of the yeah. year. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would definitely change the complexion. Like happy hour wouldn't be until sort of seven or eight, I guess. Maybe. Maybe, maybe a yeah. lion. That'd be quite nice, actually. Yeah, uh, it'd be bloody cold though.
0: Um, but cold I mean, generally, generally speaking, though, with with calendars and stuff, though, I mean, I have I, I knew about this, so I didn't just see this article just now, um, <laughs> but like. <laughs> But is now talking about how they're already hinting at the fact that they don't want, like, another Melbourne-like disaster, but, you know, about not being basically forthcoming about the status of the race. And yeah. that's September. So it, if it starts getting anywhere near, like, three-quarters of the way through the summer season of, of motor racing,
1: mm.
0: it, it, I mean, right now there's a lot of, like, bluster going around trying to keep, sponsors interested in those sorts. I think they're most likely trying to keep people from all at once get trying to get refunds on tickets mm. and trying to get people thinking that there is some optimism there. But I mean, I know Italy's you know harder hit than some other parts of Europe and everything, but I mean, I'm more on the skeptical side. I just I think at some point, you know, we're going to wake up to news just saying like, okay, the formula one calendar is, is canceled for 2020. Mm. Um, and and they'll just kind of nip it in the bud and i think once we have one calendar fall i think they're gonna see you know, yeah yeah so several others follow so i feel like I surely, just no one wants to be the first
1: yeah surely it costs less to just cancel everything now do you know what i mean i mean they're kind of they're they're it's brink it's brinksmanship isn't it with brinksmanship with the virus basically they they don't want to cancel stuff because if they could go racing they would and they'd make lots of money um but there's also, it's got to cost money the later you cancel something because you've got infrastructure and things like that. Obviously, Melbourne was a very, very expensive exercise in not going racing, you know? Yeah. Um, so they've got, to, they've got to work out a point to take a stand. And like you, I think probably, we're not going to go racing this year, which is why it's fascinating that F1 2020 has been announced for July. So 100%, you'll be playing the Formula 1, the official Formula 1 video game before a wheel has turned in the Formula One Grand Prix, that's the first. Yeah, sure.
2: Yeah, that's that's very impressive. Um, <laughs> Always
1: before before the season even happen, yeah. Uh,
2: ever happens. But yeah, um, it's bonkers, isn't it? It's I doubt how because that game's come out in July and they they, are, they I guess they're completing it remotely as well. I presume it, yeah. the, the release would have been in June or something, mm. and then they pushed it back. That's still really so, impressive that they're going to finish that game off. By well,
1: they they released it in July last year. That was the fir- they'd moved it forward, hadn't they? And that was the yeah. first year because that was I was in. Um, in austria and that was like july um and that was the launch weekend um was that when you sealed gasly's fate yeah, yeah. it was yeah yeah, oh, yeah. that was the, the weekend where the developers were literally walking around the paddock handing out copies of the game so that was july um and yeah i think they were just sticking to their to their, their schedule but obviously in the circumstances that means we will be playing virtual grand prix that will never happen
0: and in a weird turn of events they'll probably have the best sales they've had to date. Because yeah, everyone's chomping at the bit for yeah, some form of motorsport. Yeah.
1: The eSports stuff has been taking off. So, I think it will sound gangbusters. I gang want to see right. the Hanoi circuit. I'm quite excited to try yeah. the Hanoi circuit. Right.
2: I've never got to see it. And <laughs> <laughs> Zambort as well. We can do Zambor.
0: <laughs> All these circuits that may never have a, actually have a race yeah. ever in a Formula 1 game. How bizarre. I do think what they should do is, because we're not, you know, it, we might not have a championship, I mean, therefore, we might not have a championship winner for 2020. Maybe they just random whoever, out of all the people that finished a single player season, they'll just randomly pick one and say, okay, this was our legit Formula One <laughs> season. <laughs> You've got a chance, Pete. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be me. It'd be whoever driver I would drive as. So Right. I, oh, I see. Fair enough. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, we might end up with, I don't know,
1: Latifi. Queen not... Latifi winning. <laughs> <laughs> Queen Latifi is the best, the best nickname for a Formula <laughs> One driver I've heard in a while. Actually, uh, that's amazing.
0: If if F one drivers had uh, entrance songs, his film would be easy, wouldn't
1: it? Yeah. Entire <laughs> back catalogue of Queen Latifi songs. Um, yeah, I think it's gonna be. I think that F one game is gonna be really exciting. I think by the time it comes around, we'll all be like so hungry for Formula One, and it will be entirely virtual all the 2020 season stuff will be all the cars will be in there you know all the liveries will be in there.
2: ds in there. Das
1: is going to be in
2: there
1: surely no i don't know which they one to put in Das. oh, the oh is no DAS's. i don't think they're yeah. going to bother i i i just don't think they could can do it i think it's better it's better that it it never ran so yeah
0: it'll be one of those articles in 20 years time when they're like the f yeah, the Mercedes genius tech thing that never saw the light of day.
2: Mm. Well, it's like McLaren's brake steer system on the... Um, what was that? The, the, the 98 car. The... Yeah, it wasn't that. Yeah, and also, but also they, they had their car that never raced. I thought it had similar kind of weird technology. But yeah, the brake steer, was the brake steer in 98? I thought it was later than that. It's 98 or
1: but 99. Right. It was Hackingham, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, But they had the extra pedal. I've seen that car at the McLaren Technology Centre and it's yeah if you stuck your camera in it, which you aren't allowed to do uh you would be able to get the same shot that that uh sports photographer got where the car crashed and he just stuck the Because he'd been sitting the story goes that he'd been sitting at the corner and seeing that certain brake discs were glowing more than others like mid corner um, was this his, was it a special rear brake or was it a left brake or something it was side to side so like it, yeah. so it allowed him to his brake steer basically You could brake extra on the inside wheels and bring them in so he could turn the corner more sharply. And the, the photographer spotted that these brake discs were glowing in weird places. Uh, and when one of the cars retired and pulled up beside him, he popped over and stuck his camera in the cockpit, and there was another extra pedal in there. Sounds difficult to, to, to drive. Yeah, <laughs> but have you, have you
0: seen Hakkinen's feet? though he's got one extra
1: side of his left foot. It's weird. <laughs> Uh, he's yeah. got like a
0: weird mini foot
1: sticking off <laughs> the side of his left foot. He had a he had a baby's foot grafted to his to his ankle. It was Coulthard's it. foot. <laughs> um I bet he yeah. has got massive feet. Yeah, basically what I'm saying. Yeah. But <laughs> we thought
0: wait, what what? His feet? Are we th- <laughs> <laughs> so going to
1: have to rank the drivers on feet size at some point. <laughs> um yeah that was like some smart smart tech, and I, I think the DAS DAS thing. I think it would have been a real pain in the bum to program into the game, um, and so they're probably breathing a bit of a sigh of relief that it, it, the cars haven't haven't run with it at all. Um, yeah. Any other any other news, strange or startling from the world of motorsport?
0: Um, apparently, you um, you can't allow NASCAR drivers to actually say things live on camera. Well, uh, or live on stream. Oh, yeah. Because so, you were... they can't be trusted. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was that was the big story, wasn't it? I suppose, of the week in terms of like What? Two weeks in a row? Right.
0: Like drivers basically having massive career right. implications on yeah, the stream. Yeah. So is... the, first, that?
1: the first thing that happened was Bubba Wallace rage quit okay. from one of the official iRacing things and got one of his sponsors dropped him and said, we don't like quitters. And it was a bit of a kind of like rich energy style move. Where they just ragged on him on Twitter a bit, and then and then dropped him for quitting when he'd already been like wrecked or something like that. Um, so that was like we were all like, wow, that's that's weird how um, you know how profound an impact on someone's career like a, a dumb i racing race could have. Uh, and then <laughs> and then Carl Larson said a very very bad thing uh, on voice chat during a public. Um, yeah, he, NASCAR he, to race. be
0: clear he said the n-word that isn't NASCAR yeah exactly the other, yeah. The other n-word yeah, yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> and uh, and you know like fair play all of his sponsors dropped him and then he got dropped by Chip Ganassi so he's probably regretting logging in. oh he's not even allowed to play iRacing anymore either. yeah iRacing <laughs> he's got I nothing to do I actually, <laughs> he's
2: allowed in mean, race, race room I think that's it yeah
1: I, I actually think it's, it's
0: pretty shocking that his, his team were the last people to fire him like they I mean, we talked about this already, but, like, mm. the his team fired him when he literally was not employable anymore. Yeah,
2: because they'd lost so much money out
1: of it. Yeah, so, it was, same? like, so, yeah. fate complete, wasn't it, basically? It was, like, all the sponsors had left. None were going to be, like, forthcoming anyway. So, like, he, they literally just can't run him because he's got no sponsors. So, um, yeah, rather than them sort of Taking the initiative and just booting him out. Anyway, they'd sort of said we're gonna um, look at this relationship and blah blah blah, uh, and then yeah, all the sponsors left and it was like, well, I guess he's fired then. Um, he's he's a he's a good good NASCAR driver, but yeah, like it feels totally deserved, doesn't it? There's, you know, it's it's fair. You know, it's I was fine, disappointed
2: all... by there's quite a lot of people defending it as well. Yeah, um, I quite think quite a that's... lot of people I, who I thought would know better basically saying, oh, you can't lose your job for saying just one word. It's like, well. Yeah, the is. Word is, yeah. It's one particular word, and, yeah. you, and also it's not—it's not something you say that just slips out of your mouth. Unless no, it's part of
1: unless yeah. it's part of your regular vocabulary. Yeah, yeah. and and the th- I think the thing that um, the thing that I find a bit alarming is that like that's clearly if his spotter was his actual spotter from Chip Ganassi, that's clearly the way they talk to each other in yeah. private. You know, and that and that's something that the team probably needs to investigate as well. Like, um, but yeah, there was a bit of a kind of you know i'll put it this way like uh, the stereotype of the nascar fan there are a lot of those stereotypes commenting about how it should be fine for you to be able to say that stuff when obviously it it shouldn't be fine um but i, I think what's um what's really bizarre is that carl larson was part of nascar's drive for diversity scheme to try and bring more diverse drivers into uh the sport he's of asian heritage and it's just Amazing to me that someone who probably has been on the receiving end of racism in the past could then be dishing out to just a different race. It seems seems ridiculous, Mm -hmm. but
0: it's it's the whole thing is is just one of those stories that, unfortunately for NASCAR, could and this is really unfair for me to say it, but. You feel like could only really happen in NASCAR. <laughs> like, no, it's, right, it's yeah, like it's like oh no, Andy's part of the drive for diversity. You're like oh no. <laughs> I think British touring
1: cars maybe you could get it. Maybe yeah, possibly Irish it's- supercars as well. Maybe as well. Um, yeah. yeah, I think um the other thing, and it's like obviously not the most important thing, but you look at like um the level of support that esports has had and and we've talked about it before how it's kind of amazing that esports is having its moment and everyone's getting involved and there's there's a bunch of sort of esports stuff going on like Formula E stuff is kicking off this weekend um and I just think that like a lot of teams will not want their drivers to participate because regardless of what they might say they might say the wrong thing and for the sake of a game they'll have you know they'll have fouled relationships with, the spon- with the sponsors or you know ended up disciplined by um like racing organizations and things like that so i think like i say, it's not the most important thing but i do feel like teams will be a bit twitchier about letting their drivers well, play these well, games and be broadcast it's one of the reasons teams. you
2: haven't got like because obviously the f1 series goes on this like happened again this weekend and there's like well they've got six drivers i think now um, but it's not that great. But I think a lot of the reason why you don't get a lot of them is because the sponsors are wise to him. We like, don't do this. It's not. Yeah. Um, it's too. There's too much of a liability, basically. And also the fact that um, the reason Max isn't doing it is because Max snap and hates F1 2019 with a passion and wants yeah. everyone to know it. <laughs> so it See, I, I
0: I don't necessarily agree because like I was going to bring up the point that like okay, so on the one side you've got Carl Larson who may yeah maybe it's unfair to say this but perhaps whether it's through the TV direction or whatever or what they choose to broadcast and i know that crowds at nascar race have scanners so they can hear radio chatter and things like that but but whatever maybe he's not um you know his you know language when he's comfortable is not what you know the general public is you know, wants mm. to hear maybe yeah. but then you compare that to like lando norris on the other hand who's not that much different Generation-wise, to Carl Larson, hmm. um, who is so comfortable being live on stream, talking casually, no sponsor in there in, ever would be concerned about him being unfiltered no. on well, air. And I, and I think that there's a, a massive part of like a, a high-profile sportsman is being able to carry yourself and just not say the N-word. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean it's not that difficult. <laughs> like, you could probably drop an awful lot of other, yeah. like, slurs. Just maybe keep, like, three or four that you don't <laughs> say, right? And I think that there is there is a risk, obviously, of being, like, present in front of people live without the ability to bleep things out or omit things. Like, for instance, I was I incorrectly tuned into... Um, a New Gardens IndyCar stream of the IndyCar race on Sunday. Um, so I didn't realize it was just his own personal stream of that race yeah. with all the other IndyCar drivers. And um, so I was watching it from like his point of view with his like foot cam and his like webcam view, mm. and that was playing back the iRacing um, like race direction chat and oh, the yeah. other driver chat because it was hooked into his stream and um i think it's just a case of the fact that like you're put taking some people out of the situation where like they have a they have boundaries where they know okay now i'm supposed to speak like you know, cuz people can mm. are recording me i'm in front of the press etc when i'm in this area and i you know, like and i'm with my buddies playing iRacing, racing i can say whatever i want they don't realize now those worlds have just collided, yeah. and now everything they're doing in these situations are uh potentially being recorded because in that situation, for example, if you're watching the n b c stream you're not seeing you're not hearing that chatter, mm. and yeah. the drivers may not know that there's other drivers on that are streaming mm. and so you yeah, know there's, there's a level weird. of ab-
1: abstraction that he might not yeah like you say he might not have know realized that he was being broadcast on the internet but again like going back to the main point we were making which is that like he's clearly this is clearly a word he's comfortable saying he's you know like this is part of his vocabulary and it didn't it's not like it just like it's not like he meant to say nipples you know he, <laughs> he said what he meant to say and he thought it would be fine and then the apology was you know it was the kind of i i realize it's a terrible thing to say but that's sort of what people always say in these situations they're always like yeah. i i profoundly regret it And what they re- regret is is being caught saying it more than the saying it itself. So yeah. anyway, bad bad times for Carl Larson, but probably deserved. But I wonder what effect it will have on the esports stuff. But like I said, the Formula E esports stuff is kicking off this weekend, and I, I th- I'm not confirmed yet, but I might be in their little like test race. So they're kicking oh, off a proper oh. season in a week's time, but on Saturday they're doing a kind of test race that will be live streams, um, but it's going to include sort of like content creators and influencers and various other people. So uh, I was invited along to that. Um If they can, if there's a space on the grid, I'll be there. It's Monaco on our factor two in a Formula E Gen two car. I'm excited, but also terrified because it, it feels pretty high stakes C- compared to the sort of race room stuff, which was very well produced. And like the, the broadcast was great. Don't get me wrong. Um, it de- race room definitely doesn't have the profile of Formula E, actual sport Formula E. So, um, it feels like the stakes are slightly higher, but I'm going to give it my best shot and I'm going to try and do a bit more practice. Um, and also, Monaco is a bit of an easier circuit to learn than the Nürburgring, so uh, fingers crossed. Yeah. I mean, they're both
0: very good. Like, you couldn't pick two more challenges. Yeah, circuits, it's true. You know, actually, I mean, yeah. 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 Can't I just do yeah, Daytona this, like... next
1: time? I'll, do, I'll, I'll sign up for the NASCAR one. I've heard there's a seat available. Uh, number 42 <laughs> yeah. car, I think.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, did you want me and Martin to make a list of things not to say on stream? Mm-hmm. There's just one right. short list. <laughs> just one, yeah. Yeah, just
1: <laughs> if you could record that list and just broadcast it on the internet, um, that would be great. Uh, <laughs> I'll forward you some stuff. <laughs> some fun. All right. Um, Pete, did you bring a, did you bring a, a game for us uh, this week?
0: Um, well, it's, we, we might have time for a game. But I think before we do that, um, I met with some... I had a focus group session this week. A focus group this. session? Kind of. Yeah. Ford it's, focus R S deep session. <laughs> it's uh it was uh with uh, my cousin Alex, who yes. is the uh who again, the the only the talented one of I see <laughs> <who, laughs> makes the theme tune for this very um, podcast. And my brother Will, um and he's also very talented, um, not as talented as Alex, but um <laughs> yeah. We haven't. He hasn't discovered his talent yet, but we're sure it's there somewhere. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> it's not a Street Fighter two. <laughs> yeah, you know why, Mike? I can, I can vouch. You know for why? That. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but basically, they would be, be what I would consider to be. Um, yeah, they they're aware of Formula One. They yeah. watch it when it's available. Okay, but if so if, if the sport is going to grow. That's the sort of audience you want to take from being casual observers of the sport to being committed fans. Right. They're Definitely. the people we need to win over, yep. right? They're like the swing voters of that Formula One. That and
1: tween girls. It, it reminds, I don't plan.
0: know. I, 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 I couldn't have organised a focus group between <laughs> girls. Not without getting into some kind of list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... um. Yeah, I heard them out. They had some ideas about what we could do to Formula One to improve it. So okay. I know that by now, of course, by the time this podcast is is edited, Formula One will probably be following us, and yeah, you we'll know, probably be quite influential naturally. So I have
1: contacts there. I'll um, so I'll pass well. On. I mean,
0: I, I think they came up with some really good ideas, and I've got a list of them that. I wanted to float out to you guys Go because on, now's the best time for Formula 1 to be able to um reboot, yeah. Take take a bit of a look at themselves and say maybe there's a reset opportunity. Mm. Go on, So All right, idea number 1, right? So that all the cars on the grid would be um under cloches. Right? What like, does that even mean? Like, you know, when you go to, like, a fancy restaurant, there's a big dome over the oh, car. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Yes, okay. You can tell I've never so, been to a fancy <laughs> just <say> restaurant. <laughs> fancy, just say
2: fancy restaurant yeah. next time.
0: I'm not a, to be honest, it's a word that I learnt during this focus group, <laughs> right. so I feel pretty <laughs> special using it. I think it's the first time I've practised saying it a couple of times, and I think I got it right. They
1: don't do those at Nando's, therefore, I've never heard of them.
0: So they they basically...
2: Martin's, the, hang on,
1: Martin's news this week was that KFC has reopened. The UK. Say, <laughs> like, yeah. It feels like we've turned the corners. KFC that was reopened. your contribution to the WhatsApp chat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry, carry on,
1: Pete. But fo-
0: <laughs> come on, we, have, we need your attention It's very important. Mm. So basically, all the cars are covered with these cloches. Right. And we know what that is. And the drivers have to stand by the car that they want based upon, you know, the chance they think that they're going to get a good car. So the grid dis- has already been decided. Right. Isn't this a Noel Edmonds game? Isn't
2: this, I've never, isn't this like a quiz show with Noel Edmonds? Deal,
1: deal or no deal, yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. But here's the thing. You could think, okay, Monaco, I'm just going to go for, you know, the car on the front, one of the cars on yeah, the front row. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah? Um, but one of the front row cars is something like a clown car. right? <laughs> <laughs> so you could it's a real dice roll move like if you you might you might get lucky and be like oh i actually picked the only car in on the front row that is actually a proper racing car yeah so but
1: it's so hard to overtake at monaco i'd take that risk i reckon i could make a clown car the, wide depends how yeah. big
2: the clown car is if the clown car is big enough and yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the actual the way that we car
1: decide is full of clowns so you can just like if someone's about to overtake you can just offload a clown and it'll get stuck <laughs> in the airbox
0: what, okay, so actually I should be more specific. <laughs> we use an example of, like, let's say, a clown car, um, but really it's a celebrity car. It should be um, to help advertise the region that is the, the race hosting okay. country. So like, things like in Monaco, it's likely to be, like, I don't know, a gold-plated Bentley or something okay. like that. Oh, I'd be a terrible um, Lamborghini.
2: it would be a disgusting Lamborghini that's as wide as, <laughs> as well, like, <laughs> yeah Also, it just makes terrible noise and just will not turn the corner. <laughs> you have to get around the hairpin. You have to go out and do a three-point <laughs> turn to get around the hairpin, basically. Okay. So I'm
0: assuming, like, Silverstone would be just, like, a really, really, like, yeah, rag-to-hell escort cosy. Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably still win. But it's, like, blowing smoke. It just doesn't even work anymore and the radios only on like like you know, some sort of like drum and bass kiss fm or something it's kiss, it's kiss <laughs> fm yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay right, so i'm down for that second idea i mean that's no
1: is... that's no more ridiculous than like uh, btcc's like lottery uh grid system you know where they pick a they get steve Ryder gets someone to pick a ball out of a hat or something and that's how they decide the race to grid that's like everyone loves that so why Yeah, not I mean, but the possible? thing is, you
0: would get you, you you would get drivers in not their normal cars though. It's not your grid spot; it's your car choice. Mm. You pick your grid. So basically, like if you're the if you're the um, the person on the back of the championship standings, you get first dibs. But right. you also get to run the risk. I mean, second row would be a perfectly sane choice, right? Because you're going to be like, okay, I'm gonna, I might don't know what car I'm going to get, but but who's yeah. paying all, all these been,
1: drivers, or is it like don't, all the We'll we get to-
0: this, I, see, this is why people turn off a of Formula One. Right? <laughs> all right, this is the technical <laughs> side. All right. We'll Stop work it worrying out about midway the, through the outsidance. first race. <laughs> There'd be a pot. They just throw all their money, or uh, the team's okay. throwing money in the pot, and
2: they just grab whatever they want. Um, <laughs> but it's like well, you know, when you go to a kart track or something, and there's like 10 carts there. And then I remember did this in this kart track in France once. And I went round, and like my first session, I was absolutely bombing it round, and I like doing phenomenal lap times. And then I went round again, like later that afternoon and then this kid was in this cart doing the same lap times as me but I thought he looked terrible when I was in this cart doing terrible lap times I was like that's it I've definitely it's the wrong cart so I like went in after one, and demanded that like, we could swap carts at one point point. <laughs> and then I went round it turns out well, I was just a fat useless <laughs> b**** <laughs> and the kid was just really good yes
1: the extra weight <laughs> may have been the was that the on the lap
0: chart prints out at the end mine? <laughs> 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 it just says
1: it right here mine. I don't know, <laughs> know what you can do about
0: it here okay. are our tips. Okay, i uh, idea. Idea two. two, come on then. So qualifying uh would be replaced by a Takeshi's castle event.
1: <laughs> right. Oh which one? <laughs> that one where they slide along look- and they have to not drop off the edge. That's I want the one
2: with the doors where there's like loads of doors and you don't they don't know which one's a real door and which one's a fake door and they just well, to try I think and this burst is- open and they break their shoulders.
0: <laughs> this is where the you know the, the location of the race can can really play a big factor. So you know, if really not down to the castle power or the driver ability is down to which door they choose it's sort
1: of like the it's a bit like the Le Mans foot race the the original one where they had to race their cars like the person who gets the best start at Le Mans isn't the best driver he's the one who can sprint to the car quickest get it switched on and uh, doesn't mind about not doing his seat belts up
0: yeah doesn't care about personal safety
1: yeah so again I think there's precedent here so you've given us an idea that works in BTCC you've given us an idea that works in like Historic Le Mans. These are both great ideas. Why doesn't right. Formula One just the, go for it? Third
2: idea. How
0: this many ideas probably, are
1: there, Pete?
0: There's five. We're oh, <laughs> oh, okay. almost halfway through. But this one, I say, I is like, probably, I be like, probably like the best. It's
2: like or something. It's just be like
1: 3.112. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's actually writing the regs as we speak.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've actually got on another line I've got a Hangouts chat with uh, with Ross. He's like writing this down. Yeah, um, good. So this one, it's. I don't want to put any bias out there, but this is my favorite to the extent where we've got two names for it. Okay, yeah. wow, you really it's want to shop this stuff?
1: You are so the, bored. It's
0: wonderful. The F one, the F games. Uh, that doesn't even work. It does, it does. If you think about it, it does. And um, well, or it could I think be while smoking a lot of weed, and then it might make sense. But <laughs> I wanted to say like there, there was no weed smoked uh, in production of this, <laughs> but not I have choice. There's a lockdown. Um, <laughs> just but, get, through, uh, get the, through to your
1: dealer.
0: Alternative now, I don't know if you guys would like this one anymore, but F1ing Man.
1: Right. Uh, yeah, they're both... You're using <laughs> the same wrong syllable in both <laughs> them, But that's fine. Go on then. I, I, like, like, I like the, I like the <laughs> insistence on using that
2: wrong syllable, though. I like it. It's just left
0: I, don't, I, don't, I don't... I'm not a journalist. <laughs> I don't know about this whole English thing that you're talking about. Right. So... I don't have to live by your rules. Um, <laughs> I don't remember the last time I took an English lesson. Um, so qualifying is replaced by a fashion parade, right? <laughs> to... Wow, well, you really are going Hunger Games then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. no, F one Hunger Games. There might <laughs> F- be a copyright. I don't know. There's F- nothing to do with the Hunger Games. <laughs>
1: right,
0: okay. <laughs> okay, so you, the whole purpose of this is that you've got to wow sponsors and fan voters. Right. right. Okay. So... Like in Formula E, Mm -hmm. there's a fan vote. But it's not just does it give you a boost, but it can give you it really everything that goes on is down to the fan the fan voting mechanics. So you can vote to boost drivers, you can vote to sabotage them. So like let's say things like let's say it starts raining. Okay. The drivers can't get wet tires until the fans have voted them to allow them to have wet tires. <laughs> right. So, um <laughs> they, So the fans can do strategy calls for them, so they can vote. So the teams might be like we want to we want to have our driver come in and do, yeah, you know, get more fuel whatever. Right. Or put new tires on. And that they they'll offer that up to fans, fans vote yes or no. And you can vote to sabotage obviously as we talked about. Obviously, you can also do things like you can vote to remove parts of the car, too. So let's say you don't like, you know, <laughs> certain drivers. You could just keep spamming votes to have their front wing taken off next time they come into the pits. You, um, could,
1: you could, what, take, uh, <laughs> like, take Sergio Perez's rear wing away or something? Yeah, or you could add a
0: caravan or something. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> um, okay. Also, the fan, there would be
0: no stewards. The fans would replace it. So let's say if someone dive bombs, someone else takes him out it would be offered up to the fans whether or not a penalty is required.
1: See, I quite like that idea, actually. I quite it's like... It's better than VAR. I quite, so, yeah, yeah, I quite like the idea of like an instant like fan vote. Like You have a companion yeah. app, and as soon as an incident has happened, you can just like vote who you thought was in the wrong. I mean, that'd yeah, be pretty.
0: And, and, and the whole point is that, I mean, Alex actually specifically gave this example up. He said the whole point is that it's totally inconsistent. Like, Let's say if someone like, spins someone else out, you don't know if they're going to get a drive through for that or a bowl of M&Ms during the next pit stop.
1: <laughs> right. Okay, Is so that, then, a bowl
0: of M&Ms a good thing or a bad thing. So I don't know. Do you want a bowl of M&Ms? If you're a yeah, driver but it's I'm extra driving, weight. It'd be a bit
2: like you'd be just are you trying to eat them while you're driving.
0: Well, I mean, if you want your fans to keep voting, yeah, then I guess you've got to try and figure out a way. You don't want to look
2: ungrateful, <laughs> exactly. Don't just have them swilling around your balls. You need to be <laughs> like, you need to be steadily eating this. We they're very difficult. I think you'd lose a few you, you'd lose at least half a second a lap by trying to eat a bowl of M and M's while trying to drive. Amazing. I mean,
0: these are these are all things where, as a driver, you've got to think: what's going to best like portray my character to my fans? Like, is it that I just use the M and M's? As like artillery to throw at other drop or throw them on the track, you know, and then like it will be like when a lot of gravel put on the racing line, you could drop some M and M's down. Um, it's up, I mean it's up to the driver.
2: I, I mean,
1: don't remember this bit of the Hunger Games. I must admit,
2: I remember this bit of Drift though, where like <laughs> where Sylvester Sloan does like a throwing pennies of the, out. of the No, he yeah, does, does a them. massive drift just to catch the brown M M&M and M on the back on the back <laughs> really, I can I can get the particular
1: kind of M M&M and M you
2: wanted. well there you go so I mean these are all things so
0: I I I I would argue
1: again I would argue that we have a precedent in that Formula E allows fans to directly influence the results of the race so why not why not get the whole hog
0: yeah so the the F Wonga games you're saying is probably (laughs) the green light that one Wonga games sounds
1: like something to do with money
0: (laughs) so the next one is actually this is more about gamification and levelling up okay so if you if you get a decent result in a sh- car mm. you don't just get the points that you get for like it's like if you take on a level with a lower leveled character in right. like an rpg your loot drop is going to be higher okay so like let's say hamilton winning in a mercedes that's easy anyone can do that mm. so he gets he gets maybe the 25 points but let's say if in second place I don't know, Queen Latifi rocks up in his Williams, (laughs) manages to get his car up there, then that's like three times a win to get a Williams in second place. Like, if there's a BOP mechanic, there should be a a way to figure out, you know, reward mechanics based on that. Yeah,
1: all right, okay.
0: But this would have to be tied into a system where the the points are more like a currency. So upgrades to your car are tied to point spend.
1: And you're trying to make Formula One more like accessible to a wider number of people. You I know, didn't say this was my best you're gonna, idea. You're gonna I, turn it into an out, Just, uh,
0: just <laughs> flown out there. This might not be. It. No idea is a bad idea, right? I'm just okay. saying. Yeah, you know, I quite like the idea though of a trading platform where the drivers are like, you know, I've got this much points, and I've got my R and D team have come up with this really good front wing, but I'd, I'd rather actually. Maybe I can get a rear wing off this other team. I can trade it.
2: it hey, I mean, hey, don't take offence. I'm going to go and get a beer. Right.
0: When well, I come back. Okay. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> there's one more idea. Okay, we'll scratch that one. <laughs> Ross, hold on. Hold on. Ross, Ross can you hear me? Just, just ignore that one that happened. Okay, we'll, <laughs> move on. All right, there's only four ideas. We're going to go from the, the fourth idea now. Okay, so the fourth one, this is quick. This is the hatch How of terror. How many sub
2: clauses and uh, different directors are within <laughs> that, this rule? The hatch of terror yeah
0: so at some point in the race a little hatch will open inside the cockpit and there'll be something in there and you don't know what it is and it's totally random and it's just basically used to mix the race up so like
1: a, so so a some, scorpion or like a... uh
0: well yeah so we've got some examples here um sometimes it might be a glass of milk it's not that bad right you can live with okay. that you don't know right i mean other you times... get when
1: you win the indy 500 so
0: oh, yeah other times a shot of heroin um
2: <laughs> Play. Play. <laughs> it went <down> quite nicely
0: <laughs> maybe it may be i mean maybe hatch of terror is the wrong one. it could be <laughs> i don't know why drugs. i wrote this one down hatch
1: <laughs> the, the other one was viagra was also... <laughs> that that might get start getting involved with your steering Exactly. I would. Um, I.
2: I thought. I assumed all drivers have a raging hard on at all times.
1: Yeah, I probably would do if I was driving a Formula One car. I'd be, yeah, exactly. um, I'd the, be fully engaged. We're getting off track. So there's also. Um, <laughs> yeah, we would It be. could also be
0: a um, uh, uh, a bunch of bees might be let out. Right. Remember, this is this is funneled right into your driver's suit. This isn't just oh out of the oh, cockpit wow, okay. and gone. So the, the bees would be bad. Glass of milk might be that would be funnelled into your drink tube. Obviously, where's the heroin? The heroin, obviously. Yeah. The other one, I don't know where this came from. A year subscription to Netflix.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You have to watch Um, the entirety of the Tiger King before the end of the race.
0: (laughs) So basically, it's just one of those things where, as a driver, you've got to deal with uncertainty. Right? At some point, you know that this hatch is going to open. You don't know whether or not it's going to be a snake.
1: We did say last week that the key to a great formula One driver is adaptability so maybe you're right so
0: really i think if we're going to take this fan you know this focus group input really it's about uncertainty yeah it's about maybe not having qualifying where you get all the best cars and start them in order of quickness and expect them to overtake each other that's a fucking stupid idea whoever came up with that is a <laughs> dumbass um the f1 games i think is just that, that that is just that for itself but really it's its fan involvement right it's just basically having people more engaged with the what's going on uh, there was no idea for we'll skip over that one um an idea but it's, it is just uncertainty isn't it getting i mean we watched uh, i'm i'm sure we'll get into some more about the race we watched last week but yeah. it's sometimes it is just funny watching cars that just don't make it to the finish yeah yeah you true. know
1: But not normally because they've had a load of bees released into the cockpit or into the driver's seat. (laughs) I'm going to say that three out of those four we're agreeing uh, ideas were were pretty good actually, not too bad. I think the I'm not saying that. Okay, Martin refuses to agree, (laughs) but that's fine. I thought they were all exceptional. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, I thought you. Oh, he's gone
0: the other way. All right. Okay, uh, Ross, are you still on the phone? Yeah, okay, you can keep listening to mine. I thought we were going to have to cut him off. For some <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Pete and I watched uh, this Endurance Porsche documentary, which I thought was quite interesting uh, because it was basically like a really long version of the Mercedes episode of Drive to Survive uh, where basically everything went wrong. And I was expecting something quite glossy and quite polished. The premise of the documentary is it's uh, Porsche having to do... Um, both Le Mans and then the Nürburgring 24 hours in like in between you know in the uh in a single week essentially um so two consecutive weekends two 24 hour races big races for Porsche and basically everything goes wrong right Pete
0: Yeah I I actually didn't take much from it that there was a back to I mean the back to back thing was a a cool kind of twist but mm. to me the the main draw to it was like it really, it was the Nürburgring part of it was what I enjoyed the most. Yeah, And I, I get it that like a lot of the drivers and the mechanics and things like that kind of have to work on both events. And but the thing that really hit home to me was just like the, just the the sheer kind of um, pace that would go from like, you know, they're going through testing or practice, qualifying in the race, everything seems super rushed. And I guess that's where the back-to-back races really kind of come to come to play. But it, the, to, honestly, I it wasn't really a must-watch until we got to the Nürburgring stuff, and you start seeing the commitment these guys have. Yeah, and how much they put on the line to to be successful mm-hmm. at a track like that—that's just so ruthless. And
1: how they're all like completely wacky in their own way, like. They all they all feel like they've slightly got a screw loose. Do you know what I mean? Like, Except
0: for Richard Leakes, he looks like a dentist.
1: Yeah, well that, that's true. Um, but like so the thing about
2: because like, I didn't I didn't what I thought but I confess I didn't watch it because of I was worried it'd be a marketing like a big marketing thing and also I find Porsche quite boring.
1: Oh, it's, and it's maybe maybe it's, that's why I should watch
2: it because it changed my opinion. For me, it will, like, it definitely ha- will. I yeah, I think their cars look the same. Um, like and there's just... I don't know there's something quite like also because they're quite they all seem quite. um Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's just me being racist, uh, casual racism about German people or something about them being quite like, uh, like, um, but this is the, this is the
1: brilliant the the thing about. about it. Like, so your, your perception of Porsche is that they are super together. They've got everything yeah. sorted. They're brilliant, but there's a bit in this documentary where they show up to the Nürburgring and their new GT3 RSR, uh, is like porpoising down the straights. It's like bouncing basically. Um, and they they're in this meeting this drivers meeting and the drivers are like it's it's lethal it's like super um super unsteady like it's really unstable during during cornering it's really really bad and the the, the the team director guy or whoever he is is just like yeah well we don't really have time to change it so off you go lads and i think they probably did they do sort of like work on the setup a bit but it's like this thing is so yeah. on edge and you just don't realize that all the drivers look really like, pissed, basically. Fred Makovicki looks like he wants to quit there and then in this driver's meeting. It's absolutely incredible. And Yeah, the drive, the, the, the drivers at one point, like, Makovicki was like, you
0: yeah, know, this really needs to be gone through, like, nut and bolted the whole thing because something is not right. And he's like, we don't
1: have the time to do that. Yeah. So, so he's like, off you go, qualifying's tomorrow. Like, we're just going to, we're not going to bother changing it for qualifying. They,
0: well, they, they changed, like, the steering rack or something, but they never really it, came back to that issue, right? Yeah. I don't know if
2: they resolved it or what, but... I think but, that's the thing about Porsche as well, there's no kind of, like, for me, there's no personality I gravitate towards where obviously you think, you think of like, um, Aldi, you think of Ulrich. Wolfgang Ulrich, yeah, 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 and everything, but like a Porsche, like, obviously Seidel, but he went
1: to, um, McLaren, but like, who's like, who are the, who are the key players in this? There's a, there's a French dude, isn't there, who's like, head of Porsche Motorsport overall, and that, actually, to be fair,
0: Martin, you would, you'd love this guy, yeah. I have to say he smokes out the back of the garage not well, the time. that's
1: the italian guy so he, the oh. italian guy runs like runs one of the cars at each race and um and yeah he's uh he's like he's ex af Corsa, from what i can tell because he was like oh, i was running the 51 car last year in Namre. but he's yeah he's <laughs> like smoking out the back of the garage he's like super stressed he's like he's, he's like a mini Arava bene yeah he's like a, a Arriba Bene in... in, Ooh, in, in the yeah. sexiest man. And... <laughs> yeah. Where is uh, he now? Is he just... Maybe doing... fired. I don't know. Yeah, um, he's fired. I know.
2: But yeah, I wonder if he's just doing porn or something.
1: But, oh, oh you mean Arriba Bene? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I thought you meant this other guy. Um, I've <laughs> no idea what... Arriba Bene is probably... I he's probably in a wonderful life. He's probably in a very nice villa somewhere. Um, But the other... Yeah, the other thing was the, the drivers and just how completely unhinged they seem. Like, Estra seems completely bonkers they interview his like girlfriend or wife and she's just like yeah he's basically sometimes scares me he's like that committed and and his his strategy and he applies it fairly successfully and he did it at um the spa 24 as well he's like i want to start the race and i want to go as hard as i can because that's the best opportunity to like get in front and control the race so he just goes ham straight away and um And the other one was like this documentary could basically have been renamed Lawrence Van Tour has a really bad time because at Le Mans, he like (laughs) he, he, he quits. uh, He stops doing stints for the Le Mans team because he's worried he's going to mess it up. um, And they're going for like the world championship. So he just sort of steps back, which seems like a really weird decision.
0: Yeah. Like mine, he actually, he actually um, effectively says to the team, I'm not comfortable running any more stints towards the end of the race. And it's not really made that clear as to his motivations, why. Like I was saying to Mike, like, is this because he's saying, you know, the team just have to get to the finish; they don't have to get any higher position." And the drivers were being told, "Drive it home." And he's like, "Look, if you put me in the car, I'm just going to drive as hard as I possibly can. I don't, I don't want to be yeah. responsible for know what, what happens." It- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or if he's just like, "I don't want to be responsible for stuff in it." And ruining his championship. Surely
2: he would known about the situation he's getting himself into before he signed up to yeah. drive this car over this weekend. You don't just say like, like, "Oh, you know what? It's a big, big responsibility to be doing this right now. Do you mind if I don't? If I just back out?"
1: But that's the, the weird thing is, is that's the car with the problems, isn't it? That's the car where they have to replace the entire exhaust system, so it's sort of out of the running. So I guess he was like, "If we're going for the win, I'll be in there and I'll push. If I'm not going for the win, it should be these guys fighting for their own." championship but surely like fatigue is a factor at, at Le Mans like if you leave a, a, a team with only two drivers to choose from that means you can't have any of them like asleep because if someone comes in with a problem they have to be you know you, you always have your next driver ready to get in
0: um and that's the- but they didn't make it seem like it was a bad thing right that was the weird thing I didn't yeah. really understand like what what you know I, I would have thought that yeah, you know, as the drivers there, you you stick through it, thick or thin. I yeah. think that's the whole point. Like you know, you, you're not seeing the mechanics going. I'm
2: sure it's just the guy.
1: I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it's just dodgy editing because that doesn't seem that doesn't sound. It's right. a it's a really weird one, it it, it seems weird even just that for any reason for him to step back from doing stints. But uh, you know, he that's his Le Mans, and then you get to the Nürburgring, and he's responsible for missing a. Yellow flag zone. That next, oh, and that's just yes.
0: inexcusable. And the Nürburgring too, where like you know that there's like basically a and runner with spas yeah. parked by the
1: side of the road, like around the side. next
0: corner, or whatever. So he, got, it's he just basically
1: full chat. He he claims that basically his radio was broken and that normally he gets notifications, but like yellow flags are yellow flags, right? Um, so yeah, he comes steaming in, costs the team a five minute stop and hold, um, for obvious reasons, and um. And that cost them the victory, they end up second. And so both of these, so they lose, they come second at Le Mans, Porsche, uh, to Ferrari. And then uh, they come second at the Nürburgring. And so it's like a, it's a really weird, like downbeat sort of endings, the entire documentary. And, and Vantour like in tears after the Nürburgring. It's, it's really, like, heavy stuff, but... Um, is this whole thing just a hit piece on Lawrence? Because I, I quite like Lorenzo. all Yeah, he's an amazing
2: it sounds, like a, it sounds like a hit piece, I feel, but I, mean, I don't want to watch it. So it sounds well, you should. But you should watch it, because maybe,
0: maybe there's something that we missed, mm. um, because we were too fascinated by the fact that... Uh, and this is basically verbatim. <laughs> at one point, Kevin Estra's wife is, like, saying to people, like, what are you doing? Why are you letting him out there? He will either crash or win. Yeah. Like, you, you can't... Like, he's... Because I guess he's like chasing down
1: a car that he's never going to catch. Yeah. And he, she's like, what are you, what are you doing? That, you guys are crazy. He's going to crash. That entire, <laughs> um, that entire documentary was worth it for the onboards when that Porsche was trying to make up the five minutes because they're incredible. Like the, the onboards and the shots from outside the car as they try and chase down like fastest lap after fastest lap around the Nürburgring. And they're so on edge. And like when I play a racing sim, and I'm that ragged I'm just going slowly they're going so fast and it's all it's all like it looks super sketchy the whole time it's incredible it's well worth watching also Martin you'll like this um Lawrence Van has a a road bike like a bicycle um that is painted in the pink pig livery after he (sighs) raced in it uh, last, uh, last <laughs> Le, Mans, Le Mans before last year's one
0: it's pretty special it's incredible and with, got with, ma- and with matching, matching cycling glasses
2: yeah matching yeah. cycling glasses so. I got the pink pig t-shirts are back in stock online and I don't know it's just based by wearing one you are just saying I'm a gammon it is literally what you're saying yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> literally <laughs> physically gammon
1: um, no, you've got to get one Martin you get, the, you get the pink pig one and I'll buy the Rothmans one and then we'll have the we'll have the squad from the Le Mans that we were at and we would have bought those t-shirts if we were there but we couldn't because they sold out immediately because they are so cool. Rothmans are jank as well, though. Oh, that was such a the, the GTE battle was what that Le Mans was all about as well. So it was really well, the rest of it was rubbish. Yeah, the rest it was of it was, <laughs> it was, it was garbage, a very low-key yeah. Le Mans. Yeah. Anyway, that documentary Porsche Endurance is available on their uh, YouTube channel. It's well worth a watch. It's an hour and a half, and it is not the polished uh, PR piece that you would uh, expect it to be. So the race we all watched this week was Silverstone 1987, which was the classic Mansell versus PK battle.
0: Can I can I just say I had to watch it twice?
1: Yeah, well you'd already watched it like three weeks ago or something, and, and no,
0: I well no, I watched it on like Friday, and then and then I watched like five or six other random races <laughs> from like the nineties, and I'd lost track of what actually the f- happened, and I had to watch it again this morning. So.
1: Um. Yeah I th- I did think you were on WhatsApp this morning like watching rewatching it because you were commenting about random stuff. Um any any particular highlights for this race? I think it's worth saying that the the race itself is um you know there was a you know there was a season a few couple of years ago maybe um where I was saying to you Martin um I think um all the races just seemed like the exact right length for like a massive fight right at the end for the flag. Yeah 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 and yeah it's, yeah. It, well, yeah. 87 is one of those races, Silverstone 87, because it's basically like just Mansell chasing down PK, and then he catches him like in the final few laps, and the 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 sort of the pace at which he's he's sort of chasing down, and the move into Brooklands is amazing as well. But I thought the move
2: was amazing, and I, I always it went down history as being amazing, like the dummy he sold him. But then he been to watch it on the coverage, it's just like James Hunt says, going. Oh, that's very poor of PK. That's just that's just bad driving. Well, on his and that's behalf, he's like, I opened thought. It yeah. It's I was like, like I, thought I was like, PK Mansell.
1: Yeah, he just drives by him. Yeah,
0: like, absolutely, I mean,
1: I, absolutely doesn't. It's amazing. It's an amazing move. I think. Like, because because I, I PK I, buys I, it. Like, basically, that's the key. PK buys the dummy. Go moves to the left hand side when he doesn't need to, and um, and Mansell just breezes past.
0: I I do think it, like it, from PK's point of view, he's just he's basically just watched in his mirrors like Mansell just hound him and he's like he's got no tyres left and he's like what the hell am I going to do and he's at that point he's already figured his team's probably been like they did give him the pit board being like tyres are okay (laughs) meanwhile meanwhile, they're sticking like a fresh set on Mansell be like hope he doesn't doesn't watch the coverage
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it did feel a bit like let's have our British driver win the British Grand Prix um but yeah, I, I I loved loads of. It was more like the for this race. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't sort of action packed like throughout. There's, but like I say, I think because I was gonna say I thought it was quite a boring race. <laughs> like,
0: it, yeah, I gave it I gave it a seven out of ten. Yeah, because the, the field the spread was massive. Like, yeah. the field
2: spread was absolutely huge, and all that really happens is that kind of like is like, um, a mantle of PK at the which is fantastic. But also, I do also kind of agree with James Hunt that PK made it way too easy because we just couldn't oh. be asked to fight him
1: maybe maybe um, i don't know i thought it was a really good dummy i think it's a it's a good move like and it looks great and it is the very like it's at the very last moment as well he like literally does the move and then has to immediately commit to the other side i don't know whether it was like as intentional maybe you just like went one way and then was like oh god i better go the other way um
0: i think th- i think the issue is you're looking down the Hangar straight mm. they're going full chat they're not even in the breaking zone yet and he's already overtaken him so he's like it looks from the end of the straight like they're ducking and diving, mm. but really what's happening is Mansell thinks I've got such a good pace advantage over him, I'm going to take him on the left and keep my racing line. And then PK blocks him, and he just goes, oh, I'll just drive around the inside. Because, yeah. um, what's the corner at the end of the hangar
1: straight? Stowe corner, right? Stowe. There's,
0: there's, it's not really a braking zone, right? It's like a. It's, uh, down,
1: it's, a he- it's down one gear. It is a braking zone, but not. It's a fast corner. But it's not goal. like a hard stop, right? No, yeah, no, no. It's a totally
0: very fast no. corner. So, like, I mean, PK was probably thinking, yeah, uh, what am I going to do? I can't really stop this <laughs> happening. Um, and it, when you look at it from that perspective end of the straight stuff, it's like you don't really get the depth perception. So it looks like it's kind of into the apex of the corner, but it's really not. It's just, mm. he just drove past him. It looked like when they overtook the tills a few laps before when they just
1: drove past him on the straight. Yeah. I am, um, I, I don't know if it, this is something you guys felt but for me i don't know if it was the coverage or or what but it felt like there were only about six cars in the race like you barely saw anything you know of- you
2: because of, i think it's because of the field spread i don't think much was going on
1: mm. <laughs> to be honest
2: uh, because of there was um i think a quite a large disparity between it's like it's one of those things where people talk about the golden era of f1 and everything and say "Oh, i remember the 80s with the big turbos and everything but because of um there was such a lot of discrepancy between how the cars were and how they were designed. Like you got the, the the Lotus there with its active dinette, um, suspension, yeah, uh, which was obviously great on
1: street circuits,
2: but it just didn't figure. But even then, that was still third, but it's like so far back. Yeah, I but thought like
1: James Hunt ragging on Satoru Nakajima was a little bit unfair. Like, yeah he's like this guy's just making up the numbers. He was rubbish in F three thousand. He's <laughs> he allowing a, the team to a, he, focus a, on
2: Nakajima was a contractual obligation. Of think.
1: course, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, he was, yeah, but yeah. He's still like a he. James Hunt is, at one point basically says he's not a Formula One driver. He's just a basically a job. And
0: Andy said he was rubbish in Formula Three thousand. Which when we yeah, looked, yeah, we looked up the yeah. results, it's like he doesn't even do all the races. Yeah, and he comes like. Equal on points to like Emmanuel Piro. Yeah, it's like what are you? Talking Everyone about, ahead of him is like
1: a legit, um, like super successful
2: Emmanuel uh, Piro, who can beat all ev- anyone in the G twenty seven because he's
1: yeah. badass. Yeah, exactly. Emmanuel Piro is an esports superstar, as we've established. Um, but yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought those Lotuses looked so cool. And I think Nakajima did a good job. He finished fourth, you know, like... They that. did. It was weird, though, because
2: that was so... Basically, so Senna won two races that season. Um, and that was... the uh, was it was because he won the street races, but it was Lotus' Lotus's last ever win. Really? And then they started going on about how, uh, like... I think it is just James Hunt is really... I think he might have been on um, on some kind of come down during this race. <laughs> He's just in a bad. He's so there going. This actor suspension's complete bullshit. Basically, like if yeah. Lotus didn't have this, said would win the championship this year. It's like, would they have? Yeah, I'm not sure. Like the actor suspension <laughs> yeah. was a. It was it, it was it turned out to be quite useful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like eventually, like but as four years later. Well, yeah, um, and God bless Lotus for still doing shit like that. And also, yeah, they they won their street races because of it. Mm. Um, but James Hunt hates absolutely everybody, I think. If it, like, is my, my takeaway from he, it.
0: He was not in a good good mood, was he? He
1: uh, did have that classic thing, which is my favourite thing that James Hunt used to say, which is like, oh, yes, he's been very naughty. And he describes you as <laughs> naughty all the time when they don't do, I don't know, when they don't move over blue flags and things. But um, the other thing that got me was that these there's the, um, the separate uh, points thing for drivers of naturally aspirated... Uh, cars in this race. Yeah, but
2: the, the, that was a Jim Clark cup, cup, cup thing, wasn't it? That, yeah. So there was it used to be, because that was only for like two seasons. Um, it's one of those things because Jonathan Palmer is actually a, like an F1 world champion.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is it. So Jonathan Palmer wins that race in in his class. I feel like we should bring back multi-class to Formula One. It's so good. I
0: absolutely think we
2: should. Like, I don't know why they haven't
0: already. We're all, like, we're, a
1: Ferrari, a, Ferrari are
2: trying to, you know, they had the meeting today about the, um, the, the budget cap. And yeah. Ferrari's like, this budget cap's a great idea. What about a two-tier budget cap where everyone gets a budget cap and we get wearing the other tier? And it's like, <laughs> don't That's think you so understand funny. how this concept <laughs> works, bro. But like, this is, I'm not even joking. This is something for Ibrot Ford. That's brilliant. But like, yeah, but there should be Monty and They should put GP2 and GP3
1: out, uh, F2 and F3 out on the same track. At the same yeah, time. why not? Um, or just, you know, like let people, let little squads come in, you know, those even if they're not GP2 cars, let some of the bigger GPT teams, like I don't know Trident or whoever, um, come in and and build a build a car and have them competing for something, you
0: know. And well, I mean, or if if you're going to have a revenue stream for the bigger teams to make up the the cost they're pumping into it, say, well, you know, if you if you provide a working car to another team, like an off the shelf car, uh, you know, basically yeah. ready to go, turnkey, that would be in a different class, mm. but it would run. In that lower tier, yeah, like, maybe, maybe, be... um
1: maybe like a sh- uh, they can use the chassis, which is where a lot of the R and D goes into, and then like have a spec engine or something that is yeah. that fits any that fits any chassis, and,
0: and the engine doesn't have to have like it would just be naturally aspirated, yeah. no turbo, Who no makes a clown
1: hybrid car, stuff,
2: huh? Who, Who makes a clown car?
1: Uh, has the rich energy clown car? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but the, uh, I what I do, I mean, I didn't think it was a great race. And, although I did watch it twice to make up that that assumption. So, but I do think between, I, I've had such an overwhelming episode of nostalgia over the last week or so watching, like not just that races. race, but like a, a few mid nineties races. Um, it's just the the cars are nowhere near as stable as they are today and they have this like they don't just have engine failures like the ones that I mean they did at Silverstone because they're going like full wide open throttle with turbos that are on the brink of exploding all the time so you're getting these amazing fires and stuff like mm. that they're just you know no one gets hurt everything's fine but you get as a spectator you're like holy crap what's just happened <laughs> like um, it's it, and like there was a point where was it Nanini or someone was driving along and he was like fully like, yeah, like he's off the race line, but you could see that he's actually Jumping spraying oil, yeah. oil that's on fire all over the track. <laughs> like what? I don't know
1: what you've blown up, but whatever it is,
0: it has a lot of oil in it. The
1: last, it's... the last year I remember that sort of thing happening was, um, do you remember in 2005 when the Honda engines would just every single race like detonate and create. Like, the last this... year I remember that happened was was Honda. Like I remember yeah. like a lot of yeah, Honda that. You... It was like an, it was, like an, it was like an aircraft display team. Every other race, like either Sato or Button's <laughs> engine would just go, and create this giant, like, smoke trail. And it was amazing. It was brilliant. Like, big... But there was, was the whole Mercedes
0: yeah. period, too, where they were having to... Mercedes ...have oh, to, like, yeah. make up the fact that, oh, yeah, our alternator broke. And they're like, oh, yeah, why is that? And it's like, well, a piston launched it off the side of the <laughs> engine block and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, um, but, but it's all those sorts of stories. But, like, even the later races in the 90s, like... Yeah, it's, and I think it's probably... I don't know if this is commonplace. I don't remember these races when I was a kid, but um I happen to have watched a few Hockenheim races and Monza races. And maybe with that combined with Silverstone, these are all very high High speed high speeds, a lot of time on full throttle. But you're getting Yeah Hockenheim and Monza, you're getting a lot of these engine failures, but you're also getting like hub failures. And, but we like, talk about like and t- steering t- failures it's just like brilliant I love it like I, I want more of that like at one point you think Berger's a shoe in for winning the Monza Grand Prix like this is like you know, he's years, gonna yeah in a Ferrari this is I think this is 95 Monza Grand Prix spoiler alert if anyone hasn't seen it <laughs> but like at different times in the race you've got different people basically on the pin to win that race like a shoe win to win it like Coulthard, start of the race lines up on the grid and goes for his formation lap, stacks it, crashes his car. <laughs> car's <laughs> right? He can't win it anymore. He's out, right? They have they start the race. They get almost all the way through the first lap. There's a, a lame crash between like a footwork and a Tyrrell and a Minardi or something. It hardly brings out a red flag, but I think someone was like, Ferrari's not winning, so let's just re, <laughs> re-rack, re-rack this. Boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that gives Coulthard the ability to start Hill's spare car. So he starts but now he starts on pole again. How? <laughs> so it's, I don't know, the balls don't make any sense. I love it. <laughs> so he gets another go at starting the race. He crashes his second Williams of the race <laughs> midway through after leading for like half the race. Then it's like Schumacher's in in the um leading for a while. He'll punts him off. They're out both out. Right? So then you're like Berger. Berger's turn to win, to lead this for a bit. And you're like, okay. 95 Ferrari was probably a bag of shit, right? Probably,
1: yeah, yeah. And it's just
0: it's just basically built to go fast at Monza. He's he's winning, and for no reason whatsoever, his left his right rear wheel just explodes. <laughs> and
1: not like it's tired; it's not like his tyre explodes. He's just, it just sets itself on fire. I hate to say it, but this sounds like the race we should have been watching instead of Silverstone <laughs> <It> ninety <1987. was laughs> It was brilliant.
2: wanting to derail you, like. But the thing, like watching Silverstone 87 again, the one thing that like. Took me back was just how Silverstone hates itself so much because of you could not recognise Silverstone from '87 from Silverstone so down. fast it was so much. No, and it was so awesome and like how, like could you imagine any other classic track doing that to itself? What Silverstone's done yeah, to yeah, itself? Good
1: point. Yeah, yeah. Hockenheim. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Actually,
2: yeah. yeah, but Hockenheim's not a classic though. Hockenheim's not. A, Hockenheim didn't host the very first ever F1 race and been hosting races like
1: consistently for like seventy years. But I, I will say this, like they had changed the, they changed elements of that circuit. They had a new final sector or something. And Woodcut, probably, yeah, depends, yeah. And probably yeah. at the time, like, it's cause Woodcut's so boring and even the commentary, like they're like, this is really tedious. Um, like I'm sure they were complaining about it then as well that they neutered the circuit and stuff it's well, been I'm old brief. enough to
2: have I'm old enough to have been at Silverstone pre um, all the more infield stuff happening I'm not talking pre-2010 I'm talking way before then my oh god I'm so old um, <laughs> but I know I didn't go there when the old wood kit thing was there but I was there when they put the Luffield thing in beforehand which was like was like eighty uh, nine ninety. 90 um, before they put the weird infield stuff in um, Luffield's a just... really
1: boring corner like but it's like
2: it's, the it. whole thing has changed so much, and it's just so weird to have a track with so much heritage which is so blindly ignorant of the heritage that the track just bears no resemblance with the way it whatsoever. Yeah. But Old Silverstone was actually quite cool looking at it in this. It had a personality.
0: Mm. I, I do think, though, no one really wants, unless you put it in Monaco with like stupidness going on around it, no one really wants to see a car going around a slow chicane. No. Or a, a hairpin,
1: but it's a slow hairpin. but like they're, it's they're, But those things are designed to, like, for overtaking, right? Like, I mean, so, like, say what you like about Hockenheim, and I, I do miss the old one that was extremely fast. Like, there is that race in 2004 with the hairpin where, like, there are moves every single lap on that hairpin. And probably, oh, that like, hairpin's mint. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. It's brilliant. So...
0: Yeah, but all I'm saying is that, like, if you if you make a track, like... You know that what was we talking about the other day when they had the the random Bahrain attempt where they just made the track longer yes. for no reason yeah, yeah. and they just put a load of small little corners in it. That's rubbish. Mm. Like the, the the things that make what we really want to see is cars going really really fast, like and ideally really fast and then having to take a corner really really fast because <laughs> right. that makes the car break right. And then at some points you can have them slow down and do some chicane be- bits. But if you're just going to do like slow corners, like Catalonia, for example, well, I hate Catalonia. It's the most boring circuit on the planet. Yeah. Oh, when you think about it, it's like this one straight. It's not very long, and everything else is just medium speed corners. Yeah, get out of it.
1: <laughs> Rubbish. I I, I think Catalonia. In Catalonia's defense, and I don't often defend Catalonia. I think it really doesn't suit Formula Formula One cars. It suits motorbikes. Yeah, it's great for motorbikes. I'm sure it's pretty good for GT cars as well. Um, But yeah, I think it's just really, really bad for F1 cars. Same with Paul Ricard. Like the Paul Ricard Grand Prix we've had... Paul Ricard is such a disappointment. We're so looking forward to being back in the car. It has no no identity because it doesn't even know what track it is at this point. So this is is all true. Um, But every time the Blancpain go to Paul Ricard, it's an absolutely banging race. And we've had like Emil Frey like when Wait, ra- races like i
0: have to interrupt you there most of the time they're not actually on the track yeah it's true they, <laughs> they don't just really make up track their limits. own
1: at the end of the Mistral straight they just go off the circuit <laughs> and they, it's, they take whatever line they want um, <laughs> but no like those races at paul Ricard in the blonde plan are always amazing it's like a six hour race into the night it's brilliant you get bentley victories you get like ml frey in the lexus like Ortelli won there it's really really good so.
0: I just don't think we should we should assume that you can put Formula One cars on a track and expect them to have a, like action with each other. Mm. It's better to just have them in a situation where they're going stupidly fast around stupidly fast corners, and then they'll probably blow up and stuff will pop out of the exhausts <laughs> and things, and steering will explode. <laughs> the Toro Rosso's hubs will you know, spontaneously ten, combust. Ten at years the same since
1: time. Uh, I saw on Twitter it's ten years since Buemi's wheels exploded but, like a clown car. <laughs> but
0: that's that's what i want to see like I, I love seeing that stuff like it's the same reason why like we we all love watching endurance racing but mainly it's because you're seeing teams have these random failures and overcoming yeah, the around, exhaust yeah. issue yeah you're right no, that's, what, that's
2: why i love endurance racing because it has that aspect of, unex- <laughs> um, aspect of unexpectedness and unreliability that's just not a part of well F1
1: anymore. Uh, if it may like, one thing
0: it... i didn't realize on the you know when i watched the um uh, Adelaide 94 race when Schumacher yeah. doffs it into Hill the amount of time and the amount of different mechanics in the Williams pit that comes over and has a go at trying to straighten Hill's in the ben- yeah, suspension, suspension. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, like guys I don't think it's going to oh, well, I'll have a crack at this <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> why didn't someone just, else comes and...
1: what I don't understand is why he didn't just go out and drive on it like that's what I would have done like, Someone you're... did die in one of those cars because of broken suspension earlier that year. I know what Maybe you mean, but like, he, all he had to do
2: was finish in the points, right?
1: Is that right? Yeah, but remember, only six
0: places get
1: points back in those days. Yeah, but just go out and cruise around. At, like, I mean, the Williams was still like a pretty formidable car. Anyway, I'm sure we can watch the 1994 <laughs> Adelaide race. I know Pete's already seen it. Um, but what I was going to say, Pete, is if you're a fan of... Um, cars not finishing races then 2020 is the season for you because none of the cars are going to finish any of the races because we're not going to have any races so
0: well they have to start
1: them right now you're adding the stipulations yeah yeah
0: yeah. all right but i do think but generally speaking though i do i i hate the whole like everything was back and better back in the day but if and i know i'm cherry picking races from seasons but for the ones that i've seen i happen to have picked races that have been absolutely amazing
2: <laughs> for <laughs> for reasons,
0: I mean <laughs> like what was the one I've watched the what was it, the two thousand and two Hockenheim race? Whichever one had the balmy German dude running out with a with a um Mercedes Mac on, <laughs> running out into the into the track. Yeah. And causing a safety car. Was that and causing Mercedes to lose the race? <laughs> was that 2001? It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It was it, it yeah you know, sorry two thousand two is when they changed the track so it was two thousand I think or okay. two thousand and one but like that again brilliant race it had so many twists and turns including the fact that a spectator caused a safety car that like, happened at
1: Silverstone two thousand three as well do you remember that that mad priest guy ran onto the circuit they should allow it, <laughs> it <laughs> this is this is number six no wait sorry number five <laughs> in your additions to Formula One but I. I do think, though, in
0: modern day Formula One, it's got so sterile, so controlled, that like, it seems like when you watch these older races, these random things are happening, and you never, like, cars are not expected to finish races half the time, like, the amount of times in that 87 race, where they're like, oh, you know, this other, yeah, I I can't remember the names of the cars. exactly. Speed yeah, they just lunch themselves. And they're like, well, this is expected. It hasn't finished yeah. the race for 25 years. Oh, the like, as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But, <laughs> aren't going to make it to the
1: end. Who would expect but,
0: that? <laughs> but, like, nowadays, do you remember how weird it was to have the Honda McLaren's not not be 100% yeah, reliable?
1: It's just like. First Grand you know, Prix I ever went to was the first one in years that every car finished which is quite boring and it was a <laughs> <moment>. <laughs> it really boring um it's fine montoya one it's fine anyway we've got to wrap this up because um we've been going for ages um but yeah uh we'll we'll decide what we're going to watch next week and we will post it on our twitter which is at caution period um thank you so much for watching uh, it's been really good fun and uh, listening. Listening. Mainly Sorry. listening thank you so much for listening yeah this is a listening thing um and yeah, we will uh, we'll catch you next week.